Polar7 Enterprises presents Comic NFTs, an ethical approach, using digital collectibles to enhance your independent comic business. Read for you by the author, Greg Choswald. For access to extensive references, images, and a glossary meant for beginners, be sure to download your copy of the book at comicnfts.com. Hey everyone, hope you're having a great week. Today we continue the section on navigating the concerns, a couple more chapters in here. So without further ado, here we go. Acknowledge the limits of digital ownership. Ownership has its limits, both in the abstract and in the practical sense. As mentioned earlier, I shy away from the conventional definition of an NFT as a blockchain-enabled security showing proof of ownership of a digital asset. First off, it's important to understand that ownership of anything is a social contract. Imagine for a moment you are at a convention and a fan walks up to your table and simply walks off with an expensive action figure you've put on display. When you politely ask them to put it back, they say, no, this is mine. Instinctively, we know this is wrong because our society places value on the ownership of individual property, and this concept is built into the laws that govern us. As a creator, you would be within your rights to ask security to recover the item and then let the police deal with the perpetrator. But imagine this same scenario in the Star Trek universe, where almost any physical item can be replicated out of thin air. Would the thief be arrested? Would there even be a con, as one of the primary goals of a convention is the exchange of ownership of goods? The consequences and understanding of ownership can take on a whole new meaning based on the social context. In NFT circles, it is totally viable to talk about NFTs as enabling ownership of digital content because NFT culture, a virtual society with millions of members, has decided that it does. Your comic NFT customers will get it. However, Unlike the convention example above, with a physical product, the legal framework for ownership of digital assets is still being figured out in society as a whole. Could you call the police if someone stole your NFT, right now, in your city? The answer is maybe. Laws and precedents need time to evolve and take form. But does this matter? Not really, especially if you reframe NFTs from, quote, a right to ownership, unquote, to being the right to transfer. Any real-world creator or IP owner who creates an NFT does so with the understanding that the purchaser has the right to move the NFT and its associated digital content along to a new owner. And it doesn't matter if that person is in the U.S., Nigeria, or on a research ship in international waters off Antarctica. This shared understanding effectively transforms one of the features of ownership from a social contract to a one-on-one person-to-person contract. There are no intermediaries. It makes the can-you-own-digital-content debate, viewed from a social contract perspective, a moot point, as the framework is now person-to-person. The in-real-life legal precedents will eventually be set in the courtroom, but these will come in their own time. Create a durable product. It is estimated that only 50 to 100 copies of the original print run of 200,000 copies of Action Comics No. 1 still exist. Where did they all go? This issue, cover dated June 1938, features Superman's very first appearance and is often credited with being the first true superhero comic. How is it that almost all of the copies of such an important comic simply disappeared in less than 100 years? It is likely that, little by little, copies disappeared because of floods, fires, insects, rot, and even overzealous clutter-clearing parents. It is a harsh reality that nothing physical is permanent. This includes NFTs, no matter what other enthusiasts might have told you. But can NFTs be as durable as a physical comic? Only time will tell. 
but I believe the answer is yes. As a creator, there are things you can do to help your fans keep their NFTs. It's my sad prediction that most fans who lose their NFTs will do so simply because they forgot their wallet password. If this happens, they are lost to the world forever. The lower the value of their NFT collection, the more likely this is going to happen, much like how early comics were treated as low-quality disposables and easily forgotten or damaged. When you issue your comic NFTs, make your fans aware that they alone are the last line of defense for a blockchain wallet. There is no one they can go to in order to recover it. They absolutely must have it and the wallet recovery phrase written down somewhere just in case. For high-value NFTs, it is worth using one of the available fire and flood-resistant password safe products. Being morbid for a second, even someone with an impeccable memory is prone to death or brain injury, so it is best not to rely on memory alone. Theft is also a potential way to lose an NFT. As creators, it is our job to educate our customers about the latest phishing schemes, encourage the use of a hardware wallet, advocate for use of a minting wallet separate from an NFT storage wallet, and make sure that your website is easy to identify as yours. Also, we need to warn our customers about clicking on links and make it a known policy that you will never ever send them a link via direct message. These are the most likely ways that NFTs will disappear but it is also our responsibility to create a durable product. We need to think about the components of an NFT and do our best to find 100-year solutions. We need to think like digital archivists. First, there are the actual files attached to the NFT. There is no guarantees here, but as a rule of thumb, the more common the file format, the more likely it is to be readable in 100 years. A good place to check for durable formats is the recommended format list for the U.S. Library of Congress. Currently, PDF, JPEG, PNG, PCMWAVE, and QuickTime.MOV files are on their list, and it is reasonable to assume that efforts will be made for the foreseeable future to make sure these file formats are accessible. Very early on in NFTs, it became clear that the location of these files was also a potential vulnerability. If the creator stored the NFT files on their own website or an AWS server, the NFT purchaser was trusting the creator to keep the site running and or keep paying for server storage for its entire life. Given that the average lifespan of a company on the Standard & Poor's 500 index is just over 21 years, this was not likely to happen. The other, frankly more problematic thing about this sort of storage was that it made it vulnerable to replacement hacks. A bad actor could potentially upload a malicious file with the same name as the original, and the NFTs using that file would load this Trojan horse. An end user could potentially find themselves unexpectedly in the possession of pornography, for example. As unlikely as this was to happen, it was still a conceivable possibility with potential devastating consequences. Fortunately, NFT storage of this kind is rarely used now, and I strongly suggest that you not create NFTs this way. A far better place to store your persistent data is via the site nft.storage. This is a gateway to storing important information on IPFS with Filecoin-based cloud storage. If your what-the-heck-did-he-just-say alarm just went off, it's okay. All you really need to know is store my comics and art here, and you can ignore the gory details. Using this portal, your NFTs will point to tamper-proof persistent files. However, for those of you who are curious, IPFS is short for the Interplanetary File System. It is a peer-to-peer -peer network for storing and sharing data in a distributed file system. If you've ever used BitTorrent, LimeWire, or Napster, you'll have a sense for how it works. IPFS uses content addressing 
to uniquely identify each file. You retrieve a specific file from one of the computers that is hosting it using a unique code, not a location. This code is uniquely tied to a specific file, and if that file is changed in any way, the code also changes. As long as one copy of the file is available somewhere on the mesh of hosts, it can be retrieved. To ensure this remains true, NFT.storage uses the Filecoin blockchain to store seed copies. Even if this Filecoin storage went away, a user could pin their NFT data in their own IPFS server that could be run on their home computer or even on a Raspberry Pi device on their shelf, i.e. a tiny computer that uses about as much power as a smartphone. This gives comic NFT holders and their heirs a way of protecting their own investment regardless of whether the creator stays in business, just as they can with the print comic collection. The only difference is that you could store the seeds of the entire Marvel catalog on a hard drive the size of an omnibus hardcover. No short boxes required. The final point of vulnerability is the blockchain itself, and frankly, it's anyone's guess which chains will still be operating 100 years from now. Most blockchains need as few as three computers slash devices attached to the internet to keep running. So it is pretty safe to assume that the top chains now will be running at some level in the future. Given that the outdated 63-year-old programming language COBOL is still in use by many government agencies, banks, and other business organizations today, there is precedent for the persistence of computer infrastructure. The recent collapse of the Luna blockchain is a really good case study in what could happen if support for a chain implodes. As metaphorical background, imagine one of the top five international banks makes a stupid decision leading to a bank run that leaves the shares of that bank basically worthless. There were thousands of NFTs on this blockchain. After the collapse, many projects helped their users move to a different blockchain. Still others made the active choice to stay on the hobbled chain. Others, left penniless and demoralized, abandoned their projects. Yet, even after the most severe and sudden blockchain crash experienced to date, I can still see all of my Luna-based NFTs. They may only be worth a tiny fraction of what they once were, but they still live on. From this experience, I'm confident when I say, as long as you pick a truly decentralized chain for your comic NFTs, the blockchain part of the equation has a very good chance of living on for decades. However, all of the above are, at best, educated guesses. My comic writer brain tells me there is a non-zero chance that one day an EMP pulse will destroy the entire internet and people's NFTs will be gone. If that happens, we'll have a lot more to worry about than the health of our NFTs. All this to say, the ethical thing to do is provide the most durable NFTs you can and avoid promising that they are guaranteed to last forever. So that's all for this week. Next week, we'll continue this section on concerns, or there's a non-zero chance that I might take a side trip and address some comments I got from a comic industry friend of mine. We'll see what I have time for this week. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to pages 77 through 83 of Comic NFT's Unethical Approach. The book in its entirety is available as a free PDF to all subscribers at comicnfts.com and for a small fee via Kindle and Gumroad.